I've been thinking this week a little bit about when God decided on Christmas. And it's kind of an interesting question for me. I think for most of us, we think of Christmas as part of the path to Easter, right? And, and therefore, maybe Christmas was decided on um, when it became clear the old covenant wasn't going to work out. Or maybe Christmas was decided on right at the garden when sin entered the world and, and God knew we needed redemption and reconciliation that only Christ could offer. But I'm not convinced of that. Uh, in, in fact, I personally believe that even before the death of Christ was necessary, the life of Christ was always the plan. In fact, we read in Ephesians chapter 1 that before the foundation of the world, God had planned to adopt us in Christ. Uh, and, and so, I think that Christmas would have been necessary even if we had not sinned, uh, that, that the point of Christmas was to do something um, new and wonderful and glorious, um, that was not a way to get back to paradise, but was to be um, as much better than paradise as paradise is to the life in which we live. Uh, so, uh, here's the ticket. Um, I, I think that in Jesus, God and humanity show up united in one body. Right? This is what we say about Jesus, right? Fully God, fully human. God and humanity united in one body in Jesus. And I think that in that example, we have the hope of God for His entire creation. That as God is this perfect union of Father, Son, and Spirit who love each other so much that they are three and yet one, so too His ultimate design for His creation was that we would be many and be one, united somehow in Christ and that Jesus and the Incarnation points us to an end goal that's better than the beginning. Christmas was always the plan, and it was always about the body of Christ, bringing humans and God together in a way that was more profound than the garden itself. So I want to think this morning about what it means to be in the body of Christ, if that truly was the Christmas plan of God. And I want to think about how we live into that promise, not, not in any way suggesting that Easter isn't super important as well, right? Um, but, but how does Christmas shape us and change us um, with this idea of the body of Christ? So I, I want to begin um, with a, a really simple idea. Um, Paul talks about the body of Christ as this place where we kind of come together. And, and I think if we're going to recognize that that this Christmas miracle of bringing human and God together was always part of God's plan for us, we have to figure um, that there is great value in that union. And valuing unity is a really important part of what we do as the people of God, as the church, as the body of Christ. So Paul says, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, we've talked before um, how this is not necessarily our greatest strength as a people, right? That um, as Americans, we love to fight and divide about every political thing instead of recognizing how much we share in common. As Protestants, um, we have a little bit of a tendency to divide over minutia of religious doctrine, how much of Christ is present at the Eucharist, and something that wars have been fought over. Um, and even as individuals, right, don't we recognize that often with our friends or our family, um, we take the role of, of taking sides instead of being peacemakers. But Christ calls us to, to value unity, 
to maintain the bonds of peace through the power of the Spirit. I think we get glimpses of, of that incredible unity that, that Christ came to offer and embody, um, though sometimes it takes tragedy to bring us to that point. On uh, November 14th, 1970, the um, Southern Airways Flight 932 um, crashed and killed all 75 people aboard. It was uh, the worst sports-related air tragedy in U.S. history. The flight included 36 Marshall University football players, nine coaches and administrators, 25 fans, and an air crew of five. No one survived the horrific disaster. And in the immediate aftermath of that tragedy, the, the community of, of Marshall University um, came together for massive funerals and mourning. And then, fairly quickly, they, they got to the next stage of grief to figure out what life would look like without those that they had loved. Uh, this had, of course, dramatically affected um, particularly the, the football community, um, though the whole school was impacted. Uh, and there's a point where the the school had to make a decision about what to do and, and most likely to, of course, close the football program for the year where most of their team and coaches had been lost. Now, there's a movie that came out in 2006 called We Are Marshall that tells the story of this tragedy and the response of the community after it. Uh, and I'm going to show a scene from that film where one of the few players who, for injury reasons, was not on that flight comes to meet with the leadership of the school as they are debating um, whether or not to close down the football program for the year. This program, which has lost so much and yet somehow come to represent the hopes of so many people. Uh, and this is what he says. No, sir. I ain't got nothing to say. But they do. right thing to do, sir. Son, we do not have a team. We do not have a staff. We don't even have an athletic director. May he rest in peace. 
And frankly, son, I, I wouldn't know where to begin. But you can start with a coach, sir. I love that moment um, because it, it shows what unity looks like, right? When the me becomes we. And when tragedy brings us together in a way that we never could have imagined beforehand. Um, I also love that moment because it reminds us that it takes a lot of work to be one. Uh, it's not easy to do. Uh, and while it is not always necessary for tragedy to bring us together, um, it is always necessary for us uh, to work at valuing unity, to loving those who love Jesus even when we disagree, to sacrifice some of what I want so that we can get what we need, uh, to recognize that I am part of something that is bigger than myself. Paul says it like this. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. We are Christ's body. And He calls us to recognize the extraordinary value of coming together in the person of Jesus uh, and to recognize that this is the Christmas plan of God, uh, that miraculously we could be something new in Him. And, and so uh, the first, as we begin this um, consideration of what it means to, uh, to be one body, I think we have to ask, where in our lives are we valuing the unity of the people of Christ? Uh, the, the second important piece of this process in terms of um, understanding what it means to be one body uh, is that we have to recognize that we are um, equipped by the Holy Spirit, that our unity is about more than our effort. It's about the reality of what Christ has done and specifically who Christ was, God with us, uh, and that God with us continues as He left the Spirit in us. I hope you noticed as, as Paul wrote this part of his letter to the Ephesians, how often the Holy Spirit comes up uh, as the seal that we are marked with in the day of redemption, as the source of the gifts, as um, the strength that knits our body together. And I particularly love this idea that everybody in Christ's body has the Spirit. Paul says, to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Everybody in Christ's body has the Spirit. Uh, and Paul actually goes so far as to name five sets of gifts that we all might have. And we've talked about this before. I really am captivated by this idea that everybody in the body of Christ is either an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. Everybody. Uh, now, if you're like me, you probably say, Jesus, I don't know that I um, qualify for some of those titles. I am most definitely not an apostle. Uh, I don't feel like a prophet, right? So I, I, I like to go back to J.R. Woodward. J.R. Woodward's an author and pastor and church planner who's written a lot about Ephesians 4, and he has different names for these five gifts of the Spirit. And I really love how he describes them. He, he calls apostles dream awakeners. That sounds cool. He calls prophets heart revealers. He calls evangelists storytellers. He calls shepherds soul healers. And he calls teachers light bringers. 
Those are really cool ideas of what it means to be equipped by the Spirit for the sake of the body, that you might be called to be a dream awakener for someone, to open their eyes to recognize what God can accomplish in their life if they're willing to go out on a limb with Him. You might be called to be a heart revealer, to help another person recognize what they value and don't value, and to place Christ at the head of that list. You might be called to be a storyteller, right? To not to convince the world of the gospel, but just to tell the great story of an incredible God who became human so that we might become like Him. You might be called to be a soul healer. I love that language. Uh, I don't know that that means that you are going to heal someone's soul completely. That's a job for Jesus. Uh, But boy, you can help, right? You You can help. Or you might be called to be a light bringer, to share the light of Christ in the life of someone who needs to hear about Him and learn how to follow Him better. I I love that idea that all of us have the gift of the Spirit, and it's not my strength that makes me a great light bringer. It's not my natural talent that makes me a soul healer. It's not your um, gift of gab that makes you a storyteller, right? It is the Holy Spirit within you, that power that unites us as one body, uh, that is the sinews and the ligaments that ties us together. Uh, I, I may have mentioned, but I had a friend uh, a number of years ago who was attending one of J.R. Woodward's churches, um, and he said he, he really loved the church a lot and, you know, f- friendly people and great teaching and community and great mission. Um, but he said it, it really threw them off that they actually used these titles in the church. So when the pastor got up, instead of saying, hi, I'm Pastor Jim, uh, the pastor would get up and say, hi, I'm, I'm Lightbringer Jim. <laughs> and he said it just felt like a cult, and he had to get out of there. So I don't recommend that you use the title for yourself, okay, because people are going to think you're weird. Um, but I do recommend that you reflect on what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. Because part of the Christmas plan of God is that everybody in the body has, a, has the Spirit for the body to strengthen one another, uh, to help us become more of this incredible new creation where we are one and yet many in Christ. And so um, I want to encourage you to think today about where the Holy Spirit within you is calling you to build up the church, because that's the purpose of these gifts, right, is to build up the church. Where is Christ calling you uh, to work, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to help another Uh, to help many others come to know and love Jesus better. Because that's the the final goal, right? The the main purpose of this work is to grow up in Christ together. And this is why we value unity. This is why uh, we connect with the Holy Spirit that connects us. It is a never-ending process of growing up into Jesus. Paul says, speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. We're called to grow up in Christ. This is really important. This isn't unity for unity's sake, right? This isn't unity so we can stop fighting and just all get along. Uh, This is unity in Christ that we come together around and in Christ and start looking more and more like Christ, that He is the head of our body. Um, What does a head do? I mean, a head's in charge, right? It makes decisions, it thinks, it directs. Um, 
but it also kind of gives shape to the whole body. Maybe you have seen those sort of um, wooden cutouts, right, where there's a a picture maybe of a lion or something, and there's a hole cut out where the head goes, and you stick your head and you take a picture. Um, Every year, the best Christmas card I get comes from uh, Bill and Nancy Rhodes and their family, and they often will do something like that where their head is on something else's body. Uh, and I, I, I saved my Christmas card from 2019. Um, can you show the, the Rhodes family Christmas card from 2019? That is, that is just fantastic, right? I just, I, I, I love that. So there's uh, Bill and Nancy and their boys, and um, I, I'm pretty sure those are not their actual bodies. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain that that's, that's kind of pasted on there. Um, what's funny about that, what I love about that, is that the head doesn't match, right? I mean, it doesn't, doesn't match at all, and so it, it looks kind of silly. It looks kind of funny. Um, but I wonder um, what the church looks like with Christ as our head. You can take that off for a minute. Thanks. Um, I wonder if we are a mockery or a match. I wonder if the world looks at the body of Christ with Christ as our head and is amused or stands in awe. Because the goal of the church is to grow up into looking like Jesus, right? The goal of the church is that we match our head. We don't always do this great, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we as the church really get this right. Uh, Yesterday, we had 83 families that came through um, our parking lot, and in uh, Culver's level of precision, um, we met them, identified them, and delivered food and gifts and gift cards to their cars in our parking lot and um, blessed them and sent them on their way. Um, Those 83 families included 267 children, and it was an awesome thing to watch. And, and, And because of confidentiality reasons, we can't share all the stories, but I just got to tell you, some of the stories of those kids that we got to bless yesterday are, are just heartbreaking. Uh, we, we had kids who had uh, recently lost parents. We had kids that had been placed in foster care a matter of days ago. Right? Um, we had unbelievable tragedies that my kids have never had to live through or experience. And in the midst of those stories that may break your heart, um, I watched our church provide hope to put it together again. Uh, I watched our church love people they had never met uh, and provide for folks that they didn't even know by name and transform this season, which might have been one of incredible difficulty, into one that I hope uh, was a reflection of the joy that we know in Christ. Yesterday, I think our body matched our head. And that's our goal right? Our goal is to grow up into Christ together so that we match, so that we in this beautiful unity connected by the power of the Holy Spirit look and act like Jesus because we are one with Christ. Uh, This is a process we have to do together. Uh, And and Paul's overwhelmingly clear about this, right? It's not just a Jim and Jesus thing. It's an us and Jesus thing. And so we talk about what it means to be members of the body, Actually, you know, we talk about membership a lot, right? Like membership in the church, membership in the, in the country club, whatever. The whole idea of membership, right, comes from these Scriptures and from the idea of being members, part of, hands, feet of the body, right? So when Paul says in verse 25, 
um, we are members of one another. He's saying um, that we are part of one another. We are all this body together, and we can't make it to where Christ calls us to be without each other. And so I, I think this is overwhelmingly important. Experiencing the body is essential for us as we grow up into the head. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like for you to experience the body of Christ? A lot of ways we do this. Um, maybe you do this by joining us for worship on Sunday morning online. Um, maybe it's important for you to experience the body by being together. I, I love being with you guys and seeing your faces and feeling that connection. Um, maybe Sunday morning for an hour isn't enough. Maybe we need more than that to be a body, more than one hour a week. Maybe in, in this time, in this pandemic, um, we are made particularly aware of how challenging it is to be the body at a distance. And maybe we need to figure out how we do this life together in a new way and um, in and, and, and safety and in, um, you know, with wisdom come together in such a way that, that we can experience Christ and each other in transformational ways. Uh, I am concerned, we are all concerned that as physically and emotionally separated as we are, it is difficult to feel like a body. Uh, and so I think this is a season, uh, this Advent especially, where we think on the Christmas plan of God and reflect on how we're called to be one together, to be united together, uh, to be the body together. I, I came across this um, um, short little video that talks about what it means to be united in this season. I want to share it with you. It's as if we've wandered the desert, travelers without a home, together yet alone in this uncertainty. An uncommon time, unexpected, undefined, binds us, unites us, does not divide us, but reminds us of who we are. A body, not a building, unrelenting, unyielding, persevering, revealing the faithfulness of God. Maybe this virus has started a fire inside us, ignited us, inspired us to live louder, love harder, care deeper. Six feet, six miles, or a world apart, our calling remains the same. For we are the body of Christ. Love that line, six feet, six miles, we're a world apart. Um, we are called to be the body of Christ. This is the Christmas plan of God, uh, that in Christ, humanity and divinity can become one in one body. And this is our purpose as a church, to live out and live into uh, that transformational love of God in such a way that we cease to be just ourselves individually and become ourselves in Christ that we grow up into the head through the power of the Spirit, uh, valuing the unity that we have in Christ until we are all one with God and one with each other. May it be so.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.